Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is September 21st, 2021, and our first story, Joe Biden is seen as mentally unfit by almost half of all Americans. The Biden administration is in chaos. Democrats' agenda is failing. And you know what's crazy? We know. We know. I don't even know what to say about this. I don't even know how to cover it. I'm like, guys, am I going to repeat the same thing over and over again? Of course, there are many people who want to blindly just follow the Democrats and assume that everything's going great, but it's not. The agenda is failing. In our next story, riots erupt in Australia again for the second consecutive day as union workers say no to vaccine mandates. And in our last story, Democrats push a lie that Border Patrol agents on horseback were whipping migrants. It's just the same old, same old. Hey, how about that? Before we get started, leave us a good review and share the show with your friends if you really want to help out. Now, let's get into that first story. It's a brutally slow news day. There's a lot of bickering in politics. There's a lot of concern over what's happening at the southern border. And there are a lot of small updates to big stories, but nothing particularly profound. And you, know, I know why, you, you want to know why it's funny that I'm saying that and why I was excited to lead with what a slow news day is because we have a poll, a new poll. The Daily Caller reports less than half of Americans say Biden is mentally stable enough to serve as president. Okay, my friends, normally I like to talk about the big issues of the day and things that are really important. And since the launch of TimCast.com, it's been it's become increasingly more robust, in my opinion, that we have a team of journalists, reporters, aggregators, field reporters, all talking about things that are going on actually makes my job substantially easier. And so as we go through the news of the day, trying to figure out what's important, what you need to know about. Got a whole lot of nothing. I mean, there's some updates on the budget bill, and I definitely think we should go through that because if we do not, if the United States doesn't raise the debt ceiling, which is, I think, coming up in a few weeks, then the U.S. will have a government shutdown. It's not really the apocalypse, but it's pretty bad. I mean, the government's already been liquidating assets. And so we're having this conversation. I say, hey, look, there's a poll that half more, more than half of Americans, I'm sorry, less than half of Americans say Biden is mentally stable enough to serve as president. Ergo, more than half think he's not mentally stable enough, or I think it's the plurality anyway. And um, the response I got from, you know, the crew is, is that really news? And I was like, I mean, we should be telling the American people that our president is not viewed as fit. 
and that his approval ratings declining and his favorability is down and that he's struggling with his vaccine mandates. Unions are in opposition. They're saying no to him. They're rejecting his policy. Democrats are failing to put forward Biden's domestic agenda. It's crumbling before our eyes. The border's in shambles. Afghanistan's a mess. Inflation is rising. And the response is, that's all been happening. It's just getting worse. Are we really informing people to tell them that people view Biden as unfit when all of this stuff is happening? All of this stuff is escalating. And I've said now 50 billion times over the past week, the republic is falling. Man, talk about a slow news day. I mean, there's a a bit going on. We have new data that they're saying a booster shot of Johnson and Johnson is, is effective after two months. And so the conversation drifts from vaccine mandates to boosters every eight months, then five months, and now two months. I don't know if you do a booster every two months, but they're saying after two months. And we've got a president who's not all there. So here's what I think matters. I kind of don't think I should let my bias and frustrations inhibit me from doing a segment talking about the fact the American people see Biden as mentally unfit. I don't know if, if they're saying the majority say less, of, less than half of Americans say Biden is mentally stable enough. So it's probably a, a, a large proportion saying he is mentally unfit and a decent amount saying he's maybe and less than half is the plurality. I think it's important because if we go to the point where we become desensitized to the shocking reality of the failures of our existing administration, if we normalize that, that's when we lose. Because I'll put it this way. If we stop coming out and telling people this is not normal and we accept it as normal, then what happens come 2024? We sit back and we say we're used to an incompetent, unfit president who's causing massive catastrophe and failure. No, I think that's really, really bad. And so the best we can do is just say this is more. There's more reason than ever to explain to you that we have a serious problem in the White House. And this matters now with the budget negotiations between Democrats and Republicans. Not a big fan of the Republican Party, but they're threatening to obstruct the the debt ceiling bill because Democrats are once again trying to bypass the normal rules, bypass the filibuster, which I think is just it just shows that we're in decline, my friends. We're showing how bad it's really getting. But let me first show you the sentiment from the public. And then I think the challenge is when it comes to the budget bill and the spending bill, a lot of people don't care about this and they ignore it, but it matters. So let's read the story from The Daily Caller. But before we do, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, and you'll get access to exclusive members-only segments in the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as an ad-free experience on the website. And you will be helping support our field reporters who go on the ground. You'll be supporting our independent journalism as they report on important issues like two men arrested in New Zealand for smuggling KFC into COVID lockdown Auckland. And you'll just be helping out. But don't forget, like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, I got to tell you, it is, a, it is a very serious challenge. I'm looking at this story. Less than half of Americans say Biden is mentally stable enough to serve as president. And I'm just like, what else is new? Well, let's read and see what the latest update is. They say from the Daily Caller, confidence in Biden's mental fitness has continuously dropped since July, when only 39% of Americans said he was mentally unfit. Just 49% of respondents to Monday's poll were confident that Biden is mentally fit enough to serve as president, while 48% believe he is not. So it is the plurality that believes he is mentally fit enough, but not even the majority. Fox said the poll conducted September 12th to 15th as a 3% margin of error. Democratic respondents to the poll also outnumbered Republican respondents 44% to 39. 
And there it is. I think it's fair to say, based on the fact that this is weighted towards Democrats, Joe Biden is seen widely by the American people as being mentally unfit for this job. America's apparent falling confidence in Biden has also manifested in his approval rating, which has continued to fall since June. The Reuters ISPOS poll put the president at just 44% approval on Thursday, a steep drop from 54% approval he enjoyed when he entered office. Swaths of Americans are turning sour on Biden's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic, according to the poll, with his disapproval rating sitting at 50%. Biden's current polling is among the lowest for any sitting president at the time in office, excepting former President Donald Trump, who said at 38% approval his first year. Biden's troubles began with Americans' lack of confidence in his immigration policies. And while he came into office with a high approval rating for his COVID-19 policies, just 48% approve of those policies now. Biden also took a hit thanks to his handling of the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. While the vast majority of Americans supported ending the 20-year-long war, polling indicates they did not approve of how Biden executed the withdrawal. I have to wonder, my friends, if we are burning out. I don't mean in terms of doing work. I'm more than happy to do work all day, every day. And I got a ton of stuff in the pipeline. But I just mean, how many times can we watch a president fail, his administration flounder and flail, to where we just say, we get it. No confidence. That's a challenge for me. Because I got to admit, going through this data and looking at this stuff is painful. Absolutely painful. Do you approve or disapprove of the way Joe Biden is handling his job as president? 59% of independent voters disapprove. 30% approve. Of course, you know that if I show you Republicans, they overwhelmingly disapprove. When I show you Democrats, he's actually been losing support from Democrats slowly over time, which is really shocking considering they live in a mainstream media cult world where they believe fake news and lies and clickbait garbage. But going through this and saying it for the 50 billionth time, wow. We have other news, though, stuff that I think is very, very important that you need to understand. Glenn Greenwald tweets, Politico reporter Shrek Reports has a new book confirming the emails from Hunter Biden's laptop about Joe Biden's business deals in China and Ukraine are genuine. People complaining about pre-election censorship by Google in Russia cheered big tech censoring this reporting. And yes, this is true. My friends, welcome to the misery that is Joe Biden's administration. It is so bad that when we finally get mainstream media confirmation about what we knew with the big guy getting a cut in, that his son was doing these deals, that Joe Biden's flying him to China, and we all know it already. We know it already. That's how screwed up the administration is. And it's just like, I, I got to be honest, I'm contemplating, you know what, I'm going to put up a story saying we know Biden is bad, post in the community section and say, don't even do a video segment on this. And then I realized how screwed up it was that it's not news for me to tell you we've confirmed Hunter Biden's emails from the laptop were genuine because we all knew they were, because we're not morons. But how many people lied? We, when I say that Joe Biden is seen as unfit, and it's like, yes, we understand there's a border crisis. People are tired of it. They're like, we get it. The border's fallen. We get it. The, the separation of powers is over. And I'm just like, man, what more is there to be said? Do we just dust off our hands, pack it in, and go start growing our own food in, in, in our own plot of land out in the middle of nowhere, perhaps West Virginia? This is the state of the country that we're in. Democrats don't care for the most part that this stuff is true because we've known it's true. Political reporting, it will change nothing. Check this out. Let me read it, though. 
Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. The Bidens, inside the first family's 50-year rise to power, finds evidence that some of the purported Hunter Biden laptop material is genuine, including two emails at the center of last October's controversy. A person who had independent access to Hunter Biden's emails confirmed that he did uh, confirmed he did receive a 2015 email from Ukrainian businessman thanking him for the chance to meet Joe Biden. The same goes for a 2017 email in which a proposed equity breakdown of a venture with Chinese energy uh, executives includes the line, quote, 10 held for H by the big guy. The person recalled seeing both emails, but was not in a position to compare the leaked emails word for word to the originals. This is what we need to realize. Perhaps as we this is why I show you this poll that Democrats actually are slowly souring in June. Biden had 88 approval among Democrats today, 84 percent. So it is slowly going down, but I don't know if it's going down enough to matter. The point is, this should be something we show regular people. When they say you're wrong and Joe Biden's fine, when they say you're far right, you're MAGA, you're lying, we say just please pay attention. I think, you know, one of the issues that I'm probably dealing with with seeing all this news and being like, we know about the emails, we know about the border, we know about the unions, we know about the vaccines, we know about the boosters. I don't want to get to the point where we're desensitized, where we're demoralized, where we know it's happening. And perhaps when a bunch of this information comes out that plays into the narrative that Joe Biden is failing and people recognize it, we should absolutely bring this together and share it and tell people what's going on. Glenn Greenwald says, as a reminder, this is what happened. It was obvious from the start the Hunter docs were authentic. They concerned Joe's activities, not Hunter's. The CIA lied, saying it was Russian disinformation. Big tech and media united to censor the reporting to protect Biden. He says the, the Intercept, founded in 2014 before the current editors arrived, to be, uh, was created <clears throat> to be adversarial to CIA security state, used as an ex-New York Times reporter to mindlessly endorse the CIA lie that the Hunter docs were Russian disinformation. He says the Intercept was founded on, uh, on the view that it was urgent to have media outlets adversarial to the CIA's lies. It's so easy to recognize and denounce the censorship, repression, and propaganda in distant countries. We're taught from childhood to hate Russia. It's more difficult and more important to recognize in our own. Pre-election censorship of the story was a disgrace. One final point. When Facebook announced that it would algorithmically suppress this reporting, it did so through a lifelong Democratic operative, Andy M. Stone, who claimed it was being done only until they did a fact check on the docs. It never came. Why? Because the docs were real. 
Amazingly, Facebook and Andy Stone, having interfered in our elections by suppressing a story the CIA, the Intercept and other media outlets lied about by claiming it was Russian disinformation, now refuses to answer questions about the outcome of that fact check. When asked, Andy said, while I will intentionally not link. Oh, I'm sorry. Apparently he did not respond at all. That was just a quote tweet. Glenn mentions that he went on the t- when this happened and called it out. One interesting aspect of the fact that it's a political reporter with a new book confirming the authenticity of the Hunter docs. It was Politico through the co-queen of Russiagate frauds, Natasha Bertrand, who first used CIA to dismiss the docs as Russian disinformation. Beyond the intercept of all places, laundering CIA lies to justify its refusal to allow reporting on the Biden archive. Here were the two most repulsive examples. The NPR public editor on why it refused to discuss the story. And this one I find fascinating. The public editor said, why haven't you seen any stories from NPR about New York Post's Hunter Biden story? They said, we don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories. And we don't want to waste the listeners and readers times on stories that are just pure distractions. Here's what I find fascinating about this. October 22nd, 2020, just before the election, information that was extremely important, potentially an October surprise that would have cost Joe Biden the election. Why did NPR need to address a story that wasn't a story to people who never heard about it? NPR issuing a statement shows the story was newsworthy enough that people were asking and they weren't going to cover it. Why? I think the truth is they cover for Joe Biden and it's fairly obvious to everyone. Now, what we're seeing now is an all out failure of the Biden administration across the board. Now, I know you know about the border and the economy and the inflation, all that stuff, and it makes it really difficult to to explain to you what's going on mostly because we know the gist of it. We have the finer details. And do we really need to be reminded? But we do have news. Democrats fear Biden's domestic agenda could implode. Let me put it this way. Not only have the American people lost faith in Joe Biden, the Democratic Party has no faith in his agenda, and they think it's going to to collapse. AOC and the squad have forced the Democrats to remove a billion dollars in funding for Israel's Iron Dome defense from spending. What we're seeing here, in my opinion, is the collapse. And that's the challenge. I know you know, right? When AOC and the squad force the Democrats to abandon support, you know, the support for Israel, the military defense for the Iron Dome, I mean, the Iron Dome is defensive. It just goes to show you that the establishment is losing power. It's cause for optimism, I suppose. The establishment Democrats are losing their ability to control the narrative. They're losing their ability to... to uh, push their agenda. And I suppose the only thing standing in the way right now would be Mitch McConnell. I don't think he'll do anything, though. I think we might see the Democrats squeak on by. However, the way things are going, they may squeak by now. They may get this agenda through very narrowly. But where are we at? Within a year, are we going to see the Democrats losing massive support? As these narratives continues, as Biden proves to be the failure that we knew he was, I think the answer is yes. We all knew it was going to be bad under Biden. Did we think it would be this bad? I mean, some of us probably, yes, particularly the Trump supporters and those who said Biden was calling a lid because he wasn't doing anything. But you see the decline in support and you see the people saying he's not mentally fit. I think people are starting to wake up to how bad things really are. Political reports. Internal Democratic discord has wounded President Joe Biden's massive social spending plan. Raising the prospect the package could stall out, shrink dramatically, or even fail altogether. Myriad problems have arisen. Moderate Senate Democrat Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema continue to be major headache for the party's leadership's $3.5 trillion target. 
The Senate parliamentarian just nixed the party's years long push to enact broad immigration reform. House members may tank the prescription prescription drugs overhaul the party has to run on for years. And a fight continues to brew over Senator Bernie Sanders push to expand Medicare. Quote, if any member of Congress is not concerned that this could fall apart, they need treatment, said Rep. Emanuel Cleaver, who warned his party will pay for it at the polls. If it fails in enacting Biden's agenda, our caucus has the feeling of freedom to support or oppose leadership. This is actually kind of huge. What we're seeing is that from the moderate Democrats to rank and file Democrats, they are not lining up with Biden's and the Democrats proposal on this $3.5 trillion budget. This is the fracturing. Now, we've known the Democratic Party has been kind of in shambles and fighting within itself for some time. But now we're seeing complete disinterest from populists and Trump supporters uninterested in what Democrats are even proposing and Democrats completely unable to rally together popular support within their own party. We knew the Democrats were struggling to do this. And I got to say, I predicted this would happen. During the election last year and the years before, I said, if it continues, if there continues to be a divide, eventually it comes to a point where Democrats do not function like a unified party. Typically, we see like in 2018, when the 31 moderate Democrats, I think it was 31, ended up winning their districts, flipping from Trump, flipping Trump districts to Democrat members of Congress. It seemed like the people were saying, we want we want real issues. We don't want culture war. We don't want Republicans. And it was a backlash. What happened? The Democrats got in immediately just played culture wars. So what do I think we see? Regular people have tuned out. There's no path towards solving our problems through Congress when Congress is more interested in culture war BS than anything else. And if the best that these politicians have to offer is some kind of tribal victory, then they're not going to do anything. I got a text message from someone running against Lauren Boebert, and she didn't message me saying, hey, I would like to to propose these policy positions. I want to make these changes in Congress. This is what the problem I want to solve is. She said, Lauren Boebert is bad and you must help me fight the far right. And I'm like, if this is the best you have to offer, that you're going to come to me and say, I hate that other person. Therefore, give me money. We are done. I think there are problems that need to be solved. But we have two distinct cultures in this country that don't care to talk to each other anymore. And this is what I said the other day, hanging out with Alex Jones. We had him on the podcast. Alex goes off the rails talking about the the Illuminati and Thomas Jefferson. And I'm like, I got no idea what's going on. But he did say that I was brave to have him. And sure, I get it. You know, he's a he's a blacklisted individual. But I thought to myself, what's brave about having you on the show that you might do something to get me banned? I don't think Alex Alex is going to do anything to get me banned. I don't think he wants to do that. And he didn't. But it's, it's brave because well, what about other people? You know, they'll criticize you. And I'm like, the people in France? I don't care about people in France, what they think. Well, no, no, not the people in France. I mean, like people here in the United States. And I'm like, yes, the people in New York and California, as far as I'm concerned, may as well be in France because they believe ridiculous things. They live in a ridiculous universe. They vote for Gavin Newsom. They don't fact check. And they think they do. That's what really blows my mind. I'm not going to sit here and rally behind Trump zealots, but I don't see them as having any institutional power, particularly within the Republican Party. Some of them do, but the Republicans don't do anything. The Democrats do lots of stuff. They want to use a they want to put a path of citizenship in a budget bill to bypass the filibuster. Basically, just (laughs) screwing like 
by trying to bypass our standard, our, our traditional system of governance. Joe Biden ruling by decree. I look at these people and I'm like, they're not serious people. Joe Biden doesn't talk to us as if we're on the same team. He talks to us like a rival nation. He says, we're losing our patience. Well, who are you talking to, Joe? You're clearly not talking to blue states overwhelmingly vaccinated. You're talking to the red states. That's right. Joe Biden is, is clearly creating, showing us the delineation between the two distinct cultures in this country. So that's what it comes to when I, come to, when I, when I see these stories. Mitch McConnell. Signal Senate GOP will oppose combined debt ceiling funding bill. All right. So the Democrats tried combining in, uh, their, their funding bill with the debt ceiling as a force measure, basically saying, if we don't increase the debt ceiling, then this country is going to sh- the government shuts down. We could be in danger of default. So they're going to try and force the Republicans by combining it. Mitch McConnell says we're not going to do that. Will this be the moment that Mitch McConnell grows a spine and says, we're not playing your dirty game? If you want to pass a spending bill, you compromise with the other side. And if they won't do it, shut her down. Will Mitch McConnell really do it? I mean, maybe. I don't see him as, as in, like anyone willing to really rock the vote. And once the Democrats apply pressure, he'll probably just cave. But this is what I see. No one cares about what the Democrats think. On, at least on this side, we care about freedom because we've seen them go insane already. Joe Biden coming out when Joe Biden came, came, I'll tell you this, when he came out and said, if you have at least 100 employees, everyone's got to get vaccinated. I was like, that's it. Right then and there, he just told half the country that he was not following the norms of our government and that he was not to be taken seriously. And that was it. You see, what you got to understand about confidence in government is that you have to people have to believe in the system. So when we know laws are passed in a certain way, like perhaps uh, we want to increase the debt ceiling. So we propose a bill to do it. There's a compromise. The Democrats try to bypass that by combining it with the spending bill. Democrats try to put immigration reform in the spending bill. They're trying to bypass the normal system of governance. Then conservatives look at that and they say the system is completely broken. The Democrats are no longer trying to actually legislate or work with us. Joe Biden's addressing us as if we're not even a part of this country or not part of the, 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 like the main group, the mainstream, why would anyone feel like we're actually a functioning government at this point? So that's what I see. When I see the story about Joe Biden's mental health, I don't believe that any of these people who watch CNN care and will listen. And I don't think anybody who already knows it needs to hear it again. So maybe it's time to recognize the republic is shattered. Our border is being bypassed every day by people for coming in for carry out. There's no security down there. Governor Greg Abbott's come out saying the feds aren't doing anything. We've got to do it. For the most part, that is true. And so if we see the border gone, we see violations of the First Amendment, massive multinational corporations. Man, at, at, at a certain point, do we just say peaceful divorce is upon us? Because I'll put it this way. There is no I don't think there's any willpower for full scale civil war. I think Look, for me, I think violence don't work. I think it's a problem. I think you need to be persuasive. But what happens when both sides don't want to listen to each other? Now, I'll tell you this. I think, I think the Democrat and the, and the corporate media are all lying 99% of the time. Maybe not 99, but the cable TV stuff people, uh, they definitely are. No, I use mainstream news reports and stuff like that. But I do think they mislead almost all the time. They have clever framing techniques. Why would I engage with that and be bothered, by, bothered with it? I have no interest in engaging in any kind of conflict with these people who I don't see and don't live anywhere near me. And perhaps they for me.
And I wonder how you feel. At which point my priorities have become more so we got, I don't know if you can hear the faint noise of construction in the background. We're building Chicken City. We're going to have chickens. We got 10, we got 15 chickens now. We had seven chickens. They had babies. Now we have 15 chickens. I just find myself reading the news and, and thinking to myself, so what? Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. I've looked at all the stories about the food shortages. I look at the stories now about mandatory vaccinations. When people tell me, like, I get conservative saying, like, look how bad this is. And I'm like, I've been thinking about it. It ain't here in West Virginia, Texas, Florida, South Dakota, Wyoming, whatever. It's in New York. Do you live there? Okay, well, New York does what New York wants. There's no desire of anybody to go to New York to fight a conflict. And no one in New York is going to come to West Virginia to fight a conflict. So is this it? Are, is, is this it? I kind of feel like the Republican already shattered and the United States exists just in name. I mean, you take a look at that rally they had in D.C. where the Trump supporters were like, don't go. And what did we see? A bunch of feds were there, I guess. Apparently, like, look at this, like some federal officer actually got arrested. The cops saw a guy who was a federal officer wearing a mask and he had a gun and he had his badge. And they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm a federal officer. Here's my badge. And they're like, so you got feds. I just did. Did anybody legitimate show up to that? Or is the reality or is the reality that people just have finally had that snap moment where they're like, I just don't care anymore. When I see the story about the budget failing, when I see another story like, like, come on, man, look at this CNN two dose version of Johnson and Johnson shot 94 percent effective against COVID-19 study finds. I think the country's been demoralized. I really do. I'm feeling it. I don't mean I've become too pessimistic. I think many people think I'm pessimistic as it is. I, I view it more as realistic as opposed to idealistic. Ideally, I'd love universal health care. Realistically, I see what they do when they get the power. They centralize and they're racists. When I see a story and it's like booster shots are coming and I'm like, guys, they're going to push booster shots. It's never going to end. Then they say Fauci and Biden discuss booster shots at eight months. I'm like, oh, man, see, there it is. Eight months. Then it's the story, will Fauci and Biden discuss five months? Fauci says eight probably makes more sense, but Biden says maybe five. I'm like, now it's five months? And now, now it's two months? Look at this. A two-dose version of Johnson Johnson vaccine provides 94% protection, making a two-dose regimen uh, comparable to a, you know, a two-dose regimen of Moderna or Pfizer's. The company issued the details looking at various aspects. So they ultimately say, I, I'm pretty sure it's every two months, but... um. 
They said after, I don't know, our large scale evidence phase three studies confirm a single shot provides perfection, yada, yada. Our single shot vaccine generates strong immune response, yada, yada. The, a second study showed people given a booster shot six months or longer after the first dose had a 12 fold increase in antibodies compared to a full fourfold increase in people who got a second dose at two months. So protection should be stronger. People get boosters later. Oh, OK, so, so I'll, I'll walk back a little bit. At two months, they, did, they, they were saying there was good protection at two months. Now they're saying six months or longer. So we're still floating. I mean, they've opened the door to two month boosters. Anyway, I digress. My complaint isn't so much with the vaccine or whatever. That's between you and your doctor and your medical decisions, taking into consideration everything we've heard from whistleblowers and stuff, which the news you may have seen, taking into consideration whatever you can when you do your research. The point is, I just don't think anyone cares. Tractor supply sold out of horse paste. People don't care. They literally don't care what the mainstream media has to say about it. Doctors apparently don't care. Joe Rogan's prescribing whatever he wants to Joe Rogan and Howard Stern's mocking the doctor, but Howard Stern's not a doctor. The point is, we're in an era where there's serious censorship. I wonder if Google even cares anymore, to be completely honest. It really does feel like demoralization has slammed in the face of everybody. And today was a particularly harsh day because I'm seeing news that should be important. Hunter Biden documents confirmed. Everyone's like, I just don't care. I'm like, okay, well, well, look, Joe Biden's not mentally fit. Yeah, we know what else is new. The Democrats are failing in their budget bill. The, the, the debt ceiling's going to get hit. We're, we might be looking at a default. And yeah, you know, whatever. And I'm like, wow, man. So here's how it is. It all goes down. The Republic falls, not with a bang, but with a whimper. After seeing what's happening on the southern border, looking at the interest people don't have in any of these stories, I'm like, at a certain point, how many times can you hear the border's broken? How many times can you hear the Democrats can't pass bills? How many times can you hear they're increasing the restrictions on COVID mandates until you finally say, look, man, I'm going to go grow some food. I'm going to go play some video games and I'm going to chill out. I was really tempted, by the way. I was really, really tempted to say to call it for the day. I did two segments. We got a lot of work we're doing. And I'm like, I don't want to say this stuff over again. But then something kind of hit me at the very last minute. And I said, man, it's really that bad that we're at a point where it's not news. This stuff is happening because we already know. And everyone kind of looks around and shrugs their shoulders being like, you know, all this bad stuff just got incrementally worse. And we just don't care. That's crazy to me. I don't feel that that fire. I'm like, whoa, what unions are going up against Biden? I'm like, yeah, we know. This is September. This is 10 days ago. We know they're doing it. AOC and the squad crippling the Democratic agenda and stripping away funding for Israel's Iron Dome. I'm like, yeah, we knew this was coming. The Democratic Party is going to fall apart. The Republican Party, maybe. Here's another one that's really funny. I found this one was really amazing. There, there, there is a lot of news. It's just why Democrats are losing Texas Latinos. We know they're falling apart. They don't know how to unify. They've been pushing far left insanity. Latinos are getting sick of the illegal immigration. They live in South Texas. They're watching the border crossings. They're seeing the 15,000 people. And what do we get? I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. The responses from everybody is so insanely predictable. It's not even worth discussing that you can have 15,000 illegal immigrants walking back and forth over the border getting takeout. And AOC comes out once again and says, migrants are not breaking any laws and must be treated well. And they lie about Border Patrol agents whipping. And I'm just like, yo, yo, we know. But this is what I got to say. Perhaps that's the issue. Not everybody does know. That's kind of the thing that hit me when I was like, I'm not going to talk about this stuff. 
That's what that's the point I've been trying to drive home the whole time. That if we get to the point where we're so accustomed to the chaos that is the Biden administration, that it's normalized within us, that we start focusing on, focusing on other things and say, you know what, I'm going to go have a cheeseburger or just I'm not I don't care about this stuff. If we're unwilling to warn people this stuff is happening, then there really will be people, independent voters who don't hear it. And it becomes the baseline. And that kind of freaks me out. I don't know what we should or shouldn't do other than let's keep talking about these issues and pointing out the administration is in shambles. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. The people of Australia have had enough. Riots are breaking out in several different areas, and we're getting this report from The Guardian. Melbourne descends into chaos as police arrest 62 and fire rubber pellets at anti-lockdown protesters. There's also a video going around of police in Victoria retreating. Now, Australia is not the United States. Most people who watch are in the United States. But let this be a warning to everybody what happens when you don't question the authority of the government. In Australia, they've built quarantine camps. I semi-facetiously call them concentration camps because they're not concentration camps in the harsh political sense yet, but they are literally concentration camps. The literal definition is a place where a group of people are concentrated for a specific purpose. Of course, we know that term based on World War II. So yes, what's happening in Australia has gone uh, above and beyond insane. We even see groups like Quillette, supposedly this intellectual dark web web magazine challenging the establishment fully on board with putting people in camps. There's a video of a man and the police show up to his house and they say he's tested positive for COVID and so that he's going to be indefinitely quarantined. And he goes, all right, mate, hopefully it's a mix up and gets in the van. And to me, that's absolutely insane. Apparently, this guy had gotten tested And without getting a notification, the police just showed up to take him away. He apparently wasn't even feeling that bad. Now, I'll tell you this. We had Alex Jones on the show the other night. And uh, everyone I've, I've, I've talked to who's gotten COVID say it scares them. It's really bad. And it's weird to me that that people had been saying early on, oh, it's just the flu or whatever. And I'm like, have you talked to anybody who's gotten this? Because even Alex Jones is saying like it was scary. It feels like you can't breathe. You panic. Some people freak out and rush to the hospital. And and I've heard from a lot of people saying it's the worst sickness they've ever experienced. Now, that's scary. I certainly wouldn't want to get it. And I hope people are taking precautions. You know, I do. Uh, Well, truth be told, I work a lot. So I'm not going to pop, you know, uh, um, massively dense areas all the time. And I wash my hands a lot. And I try to I try to do my best. But staying fit. I mean, uh, Dr. Fauci said this. You don't got to like the guy. But there's a video of him saying get exercise, don't smoke, eat healthy, that kind of stuff. That being said, in Australia, they're going the entirely uh, opposite approach. Now, COVID may be really bad, and I think it's fair to say it is, especially after I even hear from, you know, people, uh, people like Alex Jones, you know, who are saying it's bad. I'm like, if, if the establishment is telling you it's bad and Alex is telling you it's bad and libertarians are telling you it's bad, trust them when it say you don't want to get this stuff, right? But that doesn't mean you destroy your economy. It doesn't mean you imprison people in their homes. It doesn't mean you take people and bring them to quarantine hotels or take people and bring them to camps, which is what Australia is doing. The people are pushing back because I'll tell you what's happening. This is, as you've probably seen yesterday with the, with the, uh, the Emmys and the Met Gala, the wealthy elites do whatever they want, and it's the peasants who will suffer. 
because outside of this, I want to go through what's going on with these riots, but we got we got some more stories for what's coming. In LA, they said the Emmys, no, no COVID violation. You know, they weren't wearing any masks. They were all crammed shoulder to shoulder and said, oh, don't worry, they're vaccinated. Well, that's weird. At University of Arizona, they said, regardless of vaccination status, you've got to get tested. We're seeing more and more places say, regardless of vaccination status, you got to wear a mask. Not for the celebrities. So I'll say this. As for the riots in Melbourne, I'm not a fan. You know, and, and, and a lot of people, I think, are going to say something like, oh, but Tim, they're fighting back against your draconian lockdowns. I'm like, yeah, Antifa is fighting back against the oppressive system. Now, I get it. Antifa going around smashing small businesses is not fighting oppression. But I will tell you this. I don't think violence works in this day and age. I think it builds support for your opposition because it freaks people out. And I think you look at the data from Black Lives Matter. They lost all of their support after the riots happened. It was one of the biggest mistakes they could have made. The protests and the riots resulted in them going from a net positive to uh, of a 25% net support to a 3%. Before George Floyd, it was 10%. I've, I worry that these videos of these guys, you know, chasing after cop cars and shoving cops and doing all this stuff will actually sour public support. The only issue is there's a big difference between Antifa going out and smashing up small businesses and this conflict here. And I'll tell you the difference. For one, I still I stand by it. I think nonviolence of disobedience and mass noncompliance is the most effective and fastest way to end lockdowns. Simply put, if every single person in Australia just said nah and went about their business, there is no power. You ever see that, that cartoon where there's a cliff and there's a plank of wood on the cliff and there's like 10 people standing on the plank of wood holding up one guy and if they get off, the plank falls. You ever see that, that comic? That's what it is. The people of Australia are only empowered, be, uh, the government is only empowered because the people comply. If everybody did nonviolence, civil disobedience, and mass noncompliance, it would be over. Unfortunately, the challenge arises when people don't, and then other people get frustrated and then resort to violence. The problem with that is the people who don't want to be involved get freaked out by it and beg the government for help. But as I was saying, there is something different here. You see, the problem is when people complain about Antifa and Black Lives Matter and they lose support, it's because small businesses were being destroyed. These Black Lives Matter individuals and Antifa are going around hurting innocent people. So what happens? The regular people say we don't like being attacked. Right now, the regular people in Australia aren't being attacked by construction workers and anti-vaxxers or anything like that. They're being attacked by the police and the government. So I actually, I'm not convinced that the public support will, will, will veer away from those actively fighting against lockdown orders. I am still worried that you're going to see a lot of authoritarian crackdown. Even I mentioned this the other day, even Glenn Beck was saying, you'll get people begging the right for a, for a harsh lockdown and we've got to be careful. But let, let, let's read, let's read, because this, this is big. The Guardian, and, and it's kind of, you know, I wanted to open this morning because it's kind of an update on what I talked about yesterday. The protests are escalating. The Guardian reports police have fired pepper balls and stinger grenades at violent anti-COVID lockdown protesters on the streets of Melbourne as Australia's second largest city stay at home orders for the 233rd day in total. <laughs> wow. Could you imagine? 233 days of being forced to stay in your home. That is that is effectively solitary. I don't know about Australia's rules. I, know, I, I think they do like a only one approved person can visit you. These people are basically in prisons. They're not going to sit around. They say protesters dressed as construction workers. What does that mean? 
clashed with police for the second consecutive day on Tuesday, assaulting officers, smashing police car windows, throwing bottles and stones and damaging property. Okay, where's Antifa at? Is Antifa, I guess Australia doesn't have it, but I'm I'm curious. Are they going to support this? Would love to see it. After gathering in the early morning between 1,000 and 2,000 protesters, the vast majority of them young men, marched across Melbourne, paralyzing the city and shutting down a major arterial bridge, chanting F the jab and every day, a reference to a promise to keep protesting daily until Melbourne's COVID restrictions are lifted. Police said 62 protesters were arrested and three police officers were injured, along with one journalist. Victoria's police chief commissioner, Shane Patton, said officers used pepper balls, foam baton rounds, smoke bombs, and stinger grenades, which deploy rubber pellets. These crowd, con- these crowd control equipment munitions were necessary because we can't allow this type of conduct to go on, he told reporters later in the day. Video footage on social media showed the police cars trying to leave one area before a mob attacked the vehicles with bottles and smashed windows. A line of riot police weapons raised, then drove the protesters back. Rioters. Sorry, I'm not going to play games. I don't care if you're on the left or the right or for pro-freedom or authoritarian. A riot is a riot. And I think we just got to call it like it is. We will stop this protest, Patton said. We will then step back and investigate and hold those to account who need to be held to account. The message is clear. You can't come in and break the law. We will hold you to account. Crowds like this are for cowards. Actually, quite the opposite. And I will again say the same thing for Antifa. These people are not cowards. Now, I know a lot of people say when Antifa hides their faces, they're cowards. To a certain degree, some of them, yes, but it's strategic. Like I mentioned before, the Proud Boys who fought with Antifa and the Proud Boys aren't going to prison. The Antifa gets, gets, uh, gets away with it. I will, I will tell you, the one thing I have always said about Antifa is they have fire in their hearts. They are not afraid to go out, scream at the top of their lungs and smash stuff. What about, what about everybody else? Now, I think it's wrong. Absolutely. But man, where's the organization on the right? No, they're not cowards. They're definitely not. They're actively resisting. What I would prefer to see is maybe a million people in Melbourne all going out in the street and just marching or, or, or sitting. Mass noncompliance, not violent riots. But I've heard the same thing from the left. When I say, guys, you can't do this because the violence makes people angry and you lose support. The left tells me, yeah, well, not enough people are actively resisting, so we have no choice. And I'm just like, dude, we live in like the best of times. Racism is waning. The only reason it's not it's, it's rising in some areas is because of the left. So all of these things we were fighting for from for, for, you know, civil liberties and things like that, things have been improving dramatically. Like we have been winning on that ground for for civil rights. But you come in and start smashing stuff. You are what's making things worse. So when they claim like we have to abolish the police because the police enforce the law, I'm like, no, you've got cultural problems and nobody's being hunted down. It's false pretext, pretext. But with Australia and France and the US, we actually do have cops on street corners shutting down people's lives and destroying their businesses. So I'll put it this way. When Antifa was going around smashing up businesses, I said, we need the police to enforce this and to stop this. And in many places, they weren't doing it. Then when COVID happened and it was the police going around destroying small businesses, I've made it it's simple. Abolish the police. I'm not going to sit back and support departments that are basically Antifa, but with a with the authoritarian boot at their back. Not going to happen. 
You want to go around attacking innocent people and destroying their lives? I don't care if you're Antifa or a cop. It's wrong. This is what the the end result of all of this is going to be a a, a decimated economy. And perhaps that's what uh, these, these world leaders want. They want you to own nothing. Why? It's easier to control people who are indentured servants, right? So, so why try and legislate when they can just put you in debt and then say, well, it's your own fault for being in debt, right? Here's a quote. No one benefits from this type of conduct. We'll be out in force again. I can assure you of that. I won't disclose what our tactics will be tomorrow, but they will be different. Please just stay home. We do not want a confrontation. We're already at the point where people are saying enough. If enough people come out, it ends. It's that simple. That's why I always say you need to stand up and speak up now. Well, I'll tell you what I think is going to happen in the U.S. I think for the most part, people are just going to move to places where there's freedom. For the blue state people, for the Democrats, for the cult, they'll actively go to New York and Los Angeles and be like, it's so great that we're living under the boot. People like me, people who want freedom, will go to Texas or West Virginia. I think West Virginia is great. I think it's way better. Um, but we're also, there are concerns that people will come here looking for freedom and then vote for the same garbage all over again. So we have to be uh, uh, vigilant and make sure we stand up for our values and defend our freedom. You know, after the Gavin Newsom recall, a lot of people are saying conservatives should just up and leave. The war is over. The, the, the cult has won. Maybe. I mean, look, I left. I was in New Jersey. I did want to build culture in New Jersey and maybe make this change the state for the better, but it was just uh, nigh impossible. There's too many people who don't care. Now, they'll say we don't care, but I got to tell you, it's, 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 it's objectively true that, that whatever this faction is, because I don't want to say the right, because I don't agree with a lot of the Trump supporters necessarily, but there is a faction of people who want freedom, critical thought, intellectual inquiry. Take a look at this from the Daily Mail. Celebs do get different COVID rules. Los Angeles Department of Health insists Emmy Award ceremony didn't violate restrictions because it is classed as a TV production and stars are considered performers. There it is. Remember that video? The woman uh, at a restaurant with the outdoor uh, seating arrangement that was shut down. And she's like, they shut down my outdoor seating. And right next to it is identical outdoor seating with tents for craft services, Hollywood production. Y'all need to realize that you are the useless eaters, the peasants, the rabble. You provide nothing of value to the elites as they see it. And so they don't care about you. Now, look, I know, you know, I had Alex Jones on the other day, and he takes it to a very conspiratorial, nefarious, I, I can't do it. I said to him, I was like, you take this tiny morsel of truth, you stretch it, okay? I know a lot of people, he'll say something like, what did he say? That George Washington wrote letters denouncing the Illuminati. And then I'm like, no. And then you look up the Library of Congress, and I did, and it was there. And it's like, okay, that was true. But to go like from something like that, it's really interesting and, and, and challenges your, your preconceptions to the grand global conspiracy, I think. Maybe he's seeing all that stuff I haven't seen, possibly. Or it's just maybe he's, he's connecting the dots that don't need to be connected. I'll put it this way. Elites want stuff. Celebrities are narcissists. And uh, sociopaths. <clears throat> there was a, a study that I was reading a long time ago that said people in you know celebrity positions tend to be more sociopathic or narcissistic because these are the people who assert themselves as needing to be seen. Regular people who don't have that personality disorder don't mind being in the background and saying, I don't, you know, people don't need to look at me. 
But you got celebrities and they're just like, I'm right. Everyone needs to hear me. And that's why so many of them are activists. So what happens? They don't care about COVID. They just want to be seen. They want to be in the club. They want to matter. They want to desire, be desired. That's what they want. So when it comes to the Emmys, Seth Rogen can come out and, and say this is wrong. And they all laugh. They don't care. They don't leave. They're not even scared of COVID. And the city will say, but they're better men. So they're exempt. Not you, rabble. I don't think it's a grand conspiracy where they want to purge all of the useless eaters, useless eaters, as the conspiracy theorists call it. I think it's just they don't care about you. Why should they? Are, what, 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 are, what are you doing for their lives? They don't care. And they have money and they have access and they have friends and they have power. People in government don't have nearly as much power as wealthy and famous individuals. But more importantly, the power of Hollywood is stronger than the power of the Los Angeles government and the California government. You see, people like Gavin Newsom rely on the donations from these individuals to run their campaigns. So you think that these politicians are going to crack down on their support base? Welcome to uh, the, the new class system, the new caste system. Celebrities can do what they want and you can shut your mouth. I know I'm going to rehash this, but it just it must be shown. Ezra, Ezra, Ezra Levant posted this video of the Kaiser Chiefs. Clean hands. Let me play this. washing them and everyone raises their hands and he says Pfizer and they go yes Pfizer y'all these people have lost their minds but I'll tell you this if you were a celebrity and you had millions and millions of dollars and you saw this group I'll tell you exactly what they're thinking they're thinking these people are so dumb then what's the problem if I take their money from them and get to live like a king while they prop me up that's what they're thinking they don't care and what's the worst case scenario if bad things happen to the, the, the little people? If they, get, if they get restricted and locked up, doesn't affect us at all. And you still pay our salaries. You go see their movies. You go watch their TV shows. The industry is crooked and it's corrupt. So where are we headed? I don't know if we're going to head into a Melbourne-like riot system, uh, you know, collapse or whatever. Let me, let me, let me read this. You're going to love this. They say, the protests started with members of the powerful CFMEU, the Construction, Forestry, Maritime, Mining and Energy Union, who were resisting a government mandate from compulsory vaccinations in order for them to continue to work. The unionist said is in favor of members being vaccinated, but opposes jabs being compulsory. However, the initial rally appeared to have been hijacked by far right extremists, allegedly including neo-Nazis and anti-vax groups who organized on Telegram, Facebook and WhatsApp. Many of them arrived at the protest dressed in high vis clothing. Isn't that really, really psychotic? People dressed like construction workers, they said. Um, we know the union members were rioting. When you see people wearing clothes like construction workers, why would you make the assumption that there is a conspiracy afoot between far right groups to infiltrate the union? Sorry, I'm not going to make those assumptions. It's simple. Construction workers are protesting. The people protesting look like construction workers. It's probably construction workers. They don't want to say that, though. You know why? To go out and tell people that regular people are standing up and saying no. More people might come out and do so. So they're playing the dirty game. They always play. The far right has taken it over. Don't go. It's the far right. At a certain point, I don't think people will care. And um, it's, 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 it is painful in many ways to see that this is what it's come to. 
But regular people eventually are just going to be like, I'm stressed out. I have no food. You know, when it came to the Black Lives Matter riots in New York and across the country, I mean, just all over the country, one of the uh, things people speculated was the riots weren't just about George Floyd, but that people had been locked up in solitary confinement for like three or four months, basically. And so they just snapped and they were angry. And the media made sure everyone knew it was Black Lives Matter. And it may be. I mean, some people think it's because if they came out and said people are angry about being in lockdown, more people might come out. But they said it was about Black Lives Matter. And a lot of the organizers were for Black Lives Matter. So far be it for me to assume anything other than that. But I think a lot of their rage was because they were locked down, trapped in a cubicle in New York in a place that smells like sour milk, no, no fresh air. And you got to understand some people, it's what, you, what you need to understand about New York apartments, many of people's windows are on like the sides of buildings. So when you look out your window, you see a brick wall. Imagine being trapped in that box for six months. You'd lose your mind. And so people looked for any reason to get out on the streets and they rioted. What's happening here could be similar. If the people keep hearing that regular people and construction workers and regular middle class people are going out and resisting this, many more people might just snap and join in. I think it might go that direction. So, of course, they need narrative control. Look, I don't like making assumptions. I don't like jumping to conclusions and I don't like conspiracy theories. I can see evidence and I can say, interesting, let's assess the data. You know, a lot of people pointed out in the show in the Super Chats that I'm much more of an analytical, like step by step. uh, You know, I I take a step by step approach to analyzing and determining situation. And Alex Jones may just have read too many things and he takes a different path or whatever. I don't know. I can tell you this. I think violence is wrong. I think we're outside of the era of violence. I think we're in a world where we have to be peaceful, persuasive, and resourceful. And we need to have effect- effectively what's like, a, a, I would call a thunderclap. On Twitter, what happened was there was this app called Thunderclap where everybody would sign up. And then they would say, you know, on October 1st at 9 a.m., every single account will tweet this hashtag, creating a, a global number one trend. I don't know if I, I think Twitter blocked that, but that's the idea. So it's like a flash mob. What you need is all of these people at the same time to come out by the millions in a massive non-compliance and then just do their thing. And the cops won't be able to stop a million people because there's just too many people. Unfortunately, we're seeing fighting and clashes. Now, look, at a certain point, when you see what's going on in Australia, I can't tell Australians what to do with their lives. I mean, if they've got concentration camps being built and people being you know, uh, taken to indefinite quarantine, which is a News 9 news report. And the people start fighting back. I'm like, I wish it didn't happen. But what do you think is going to happen? The difference between this and Antifa, like I said, Antifa fighting with cops is silly and dumb when you have like 100 Antifa fighting with cops randomly for no reason. Uh, I think this is bad as well. But I understand why people in this regard have started fighting and lashing out. People have been under the boot for too long and they're losing their minds. I don't know where we go from here. I don't. But I do think it's going to continue. And I wish people were. I wish I wish the cops just I mean, we see them retreat. I wish it didn't come to violence. And I wish more people would just speak up and, and speak out. But at a certain point, this is what you get. And I think the cops and the government need to understand that if they continue this, you're going to see massive violence. It's going to be bad for everybody. But maybe in the end, it will mean that the government stops all of this and the people are allowed to live their lives again. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.
Quite possibly the greatest example of our broken media infrastructure is this story. Democrats media accuse Border Patrol of whipping Haitian migrants. The story is not true, of course. It stems from first the border crisis where you have Haitian migrants going back and forth into and out of the United States, which is shocking and says to me, there's no border anymore. The republic is basically falling. But there's photos of Border Patrol agents on horseback holding the reins. And as they're moving and flailing about on the horses, the reins will shift back and forth. In one of the photos, you see one of the Border Patrol agents holding the rein and it's going up and it looks like they may be swinging it or using it. Apparently, this is for steering the horses or for keeping keeping people away from the horses. They're getting too close, not for striking people. It's just like a leather strap. But the media, Democrats have said it is horrifying that men on horses are are whipping these Haitian migrants. You want to know why this is the perfect example of the media ecosystem? If you Google search the story, what will you see? Well, I'll break this down for you because it's the most important thing you need to see and what you need to be sharing with your friends. When you go to Google Border Patrol whip, what do you see? Saki asked about image of Border Patrol agent. White House condemns border guard use of whip like cord from local 10. Biden administration probes mounted U.S. Border Patrol menacingly swinging a whip. Border Patrol agents use a whip. All of these are news guards certified. All of these sources claiming that the White House is condemning it or that it happens. AOC, Ilhan Omar denounced Border Patrol whipping at Haitian. White House response to horrific photos. News guard certified. News guard certified. You know what the media does? Instead of saying Border Patrol agent whips migrants, they say White House condemns asserting the secondary as fact without actually doing it. And now you can see here for those that are watching, there is a little red exclamation point. What does that red exclamation point means? mean? It means proceed with caution. This website severely violates basic journalistic standards. This is the difference between the cult and regular people. So when I talk about the culture war, I often say like, you know, left and right. Sure, we use those terms, liberal, conservative. But I think maybe like cult and not cult is probably one of the better ways to describe it. If you go onto Google and you genuinely believe you should not be doing research like CNN and many other leftists have said, don't do your own research because you're not an expert. That's insane. You should be doing research. And what would you discover? All of the sources that are certified with the green check mark are publishing fake news. Now, hold on. The headlines are just quoting someone else. Why? The White House condemns the use of whips. We never said they actually used whips on the border. The Federalist, the one source deemed fake news by NewsGuard, is the only one telling the truth. Dems spread Border Patrol whip lie while failing to fix, you know, and then I think it's the failing to fix the border. What do they say? Failing to, uh, to address growing border crisis. So if you Google search this story, you will be inundated by New York Mag, Local 10, Reuters, NBC News, Yahoo, Sky.com, and Politico giving you lies. But NewsGuard says they good. The Federalist telling you the truth, they bad. Amazing, isn't it? And people base their worldview off of this. So long as people at NewsGuard, and I use NewsGuard, all of my, all of my sources are always NewsGuard certified. Why? Well, I can show you these stories 
I can tell you the Federalist is being honest, but as a check on my bias and to prove a point, I will fact check using NewsGuard approved sources like this one, The Daily Caller with a score of 70 out of 100, calling out the lies. Democrats and media accuse Border Patrol of whipping Haitian migrants. You see, this this is the big problem we have. None of these news outlets fact checked anything. They didn't Google what the whips were. And to be fair, when I was recording a segment on it, I said it looks like they're whipping or using a lasso or something. I think he's trying to lasso the guy, I guess. I don't know if that's true. Apparently, no. He's just holding the reins of the horse to steer it. And when you move around fast, they swing around. And that's the, that's the state of the media. Now, this is why I, I, I introduce this segment in this way. This is what you need to show people. You know, Alex Jones comes on the show and he says a whole bunch of crazy stuff and people just don't understand it and they don't believe it. But I can show you the proof. I can show you every outlet claiming the lies are reality. And the one they accuse of being fake news is the one telling you the truth. I'm not saying the Federalist has not proven fake news in the past. They've gotten things wrong for sure. But so has everyone else. They just say, we found three instances of fake news, so we strike you. Yet ABC and NBC and and New York Times, how many times have they published fake news? I mean, they got us into the Iraq war, basically, all these big mainstream outlets. That was all fake news. Oh, but they're deemed credible. Why? For no real reason. The Daily Caller reports, several politicians and media outlets claimed Monday that Border Patrol agents were whipping Haitian migrants at the southern border after video and pictures emerged of agents riding horseback with reins. MSNBC host Joy Reid alleged Monday that Border Patrol agents were using whips from the slave era to herd migrants at the border. Quote, I know funding for the government begins in the House, Reid said while speaking with Democratic Minnesota Rep. Ilhan Omar. Should we be looking at the budget of Homeland Security? Because I was not aware that whips, which come from the slave era, no, they don't come from that era, slavery era, were part of the package that we issue to any sort of law enforcement or government sanctioned personnel. Were you aware that this, this was that, that were you aware that was being issued to people? That people had that kind of equipment on them that they could use on humans. Omar responded that she was quite appalled and alleged that systemic racism was in play. First of all, those were not reins. Second of all, that's not what systemic racism is. You see the problem I have with the left. They say things and they have no idea what they're talking about. Systemic racism can be easily explained to people. And I think if you were actually honestly explaining it, people might be like, oh, I get that. Here's systemic racism. It doesn't mean institutional racism, though people on the left don't know understand definitions and use them interchangeably because they have no idea what they're doing or talking about. Systemic means from the system, within the system. It's very simple. When slavery ends and you have white people who inherit wealth, be it small wealth, be it a home, and black people who don't, there are two tracks in this country where one community is, di- is, is, is disproportionately impacted and one is able to carry on. When you have segregation, blockbusting and redlining, making it harder for black families to buy homes and build up wealth for their families. And that doesn't occur with any other race in this country for the most part. It specifically was targeting black families. Then they will have less wealth by today's standards on average. That is systemic racism. Institutional racism is like affirmative action. When an institution says we are going to punish Asians, they're being institutionally racist. Now, the funny thing is those things all exist just on the way the left explains it. It makes no sense when they explain it. And then conservatives not understanding what it's really supposed to represent condemn the fake definition from the left. You get the point when the left is like racism is prejudice plus power. And the right says that's nonsense. 
It's like, has anyone really gotten to the crux of what people are actually trying to talk about? Or is it mucked up by lunatics on the left who don't know what they're saying? Anyway, let's read. Quote, the fact that we are dealing with mainly black migrants and black immigrants and asylum seekers at our border in this kind of way really speaks to the kind of racism, systematic, uh, systematic racism that is embedded in the department of all and, and all of the departments that deal with our immigration policy. You see what Ilhan Omar is doing is using buzzwords. She's not actually explaining how this is systemic racism because it's not. Law enforcement is not inherently racist. That makes no sense. Oh, but they try to make the claim police departments are descendants from slave patrols in some places, perhaps. But the actual story is that police departments were imported from Europe as centralized law enforcement. Surprise, surprise, not as slave patrols. In fact, I think the first police departments were actually in like New Jersey or something. Not a slave state. Video and pictures posted to social media appear to show Border Patrol agents herding their own horses uh, and Haitian migrants who were trying to enter the U.S. near Del Rio, Texas, area of the border. The agents were on horseback and were carrying what Reed claimed were whips. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas appeared to deny the use of whips Monday, telling a reporter who questioned the alleged whipping of the migrants that they were assuming facts. You are assuming facts, if I may say respectfully. You are assuming facts that have not yet been determined. Chief Ortiz is an experienced Border Patrol agent who's ridden horses and trained others to ride horses, can provide great detail on the specifics, Mayorkas said. The DHS secretary also explained that he was horrified to see images, according to the Washington Post. Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz said horse patrol units were deployed as more than 10,000 mostly Haitian uh, migrants camp out under the Del Rio Bridge. Let me show you a photo of what we got going on. It's grainy. It's hard to see. But as you can see here, this is this is it's no longer just camping out. These are tent cities. This is a tent city. More and more people are coming. It's not slowing down. USA Today says as of yesterday, 600 more Homeland Security agents are being sent to Del Rio, Texas, amid Haitian migrant crisis. We keep having a migrant crisis. It's not ending. Biden ain't doing anything about it. Now, these Border Patrol agents who are coming down, fair to say there's some effort. More Homeland Security coming down, fair to say more effort. But why isn't Texas doing something? Okay, maybe it's unfair to say Biden's doing nothing. I'll put it this way. You're going to, people are going to say, Tim, you just showed us he's sending more people down to deal with this. No, Biden could have dealt with this a long time ago. This is really funny. Yesterday on the show, Alex Jones was like, Joe Biden said, you know, if I'm elected, people should surge the border and we should have everyone come. And I was like, there's, come on. There's no way Joe Biden said surge the border. So I Googled it. And Joe Biden said surge the border. <laughs> he said we should surge the border, though. So I think he was saying like, well, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I would like to assume that Joe Biden was saying we as the Americans will surge security to the border. But he said people should come. He was saying people should surge the border. And now they are. So I'm sorry. OK, maybe it's unfair to say in the literal sense Biden's doing nothing. But I certainly don't think he's trying to stop the crisis. And then you see these videos of people with, with the horse reins and the left lies about it. Let me, let, me, let me pull up this one. The National Fraternal Order of Police says, for all you Twitter warriors out there, these are not whips. And no Border Patrol agent are not whipping people. They are reins. Reins, stay with us here, like a steering wheel is used to drive a car. The reins are used to drive the horse. Thanks for coming to our TED Talk. A rather spicy statement from the National Fraternal Order of Police, to which Michael Malice chimes in with, every cop is a criminal. 
I saw that. I couldn't resist. I do not believe every cop is a criminal. Michael, you're so hyperbolic, aren't you? No, I, uh, Michael's made his argument. He believes it. Um, no, I think many cops are criminals. I think many, many cops, even cops you would say are good cops, are not. Like I said this in the last segment, when Antifa is smashing up small businesses and destroying people's lives, I say Antifa is the bad guy. When the police come in and start shutting down small businesses with the government's uh, approval, well, then they're the same thing as Antifa, just with, a, with, with the uh, T's crossed and the lowercase J's dotted. So I, I'm not going to sit here and defend the police when they're the ones who are basically destroying these businesses. That being said, I'm actually happy we have Border Patrol and police trying to stop illegal immigrants storming into the country. Now, what does AOC do? AOC tries to make this claim that they're, uh, you know, immigrants deserve to be taken care of and asylees have broken no law. She's lying to you. That's what she does. These people are not legal asylees. They are illegal immigrants or illegal aliens, I think, is the legal term for it. Now, they can file an asylum claim. But as uh, I think it was Homan, who was the director of DHS, what was his position? I can't remember his exact, his exact position, but he answered her saying they actually did break the laws, you know, and then he reads off the law and states entering without going through official border is a, is a crime in the United States. It's, I think it's a civil infraction. I'm not sure. Actually, I think the Democrats tried changing it. It's criminal. But if you are a legal asylee, you go to a checkpoint and say, please help me. I don't want to die. I think we should help refugees and asylum seekers. 100%. I don't believe we should help asylum seekers and refugees who are flying from Africa to Brazil and then coming up the southern border. Haitian migrants. Okay, you want to come from Haiti, then where do you go? Florida, I guess. So why are they going to Mexico? It's because the southern border is broken. It's because Joe Biden broke the southern border. Donald Trump certainly was patching that thing up and reducing the amount of, of people coming through. Joe Biden did the opposite. Now we have people knowing this, instead of coming to a U.S. port of entry and saying we need help, they go into Mexico because they know their best bet to get in is to cross the Rio Grande, particularly in the Del Rio sector. And boy, is it working. So what does the left do? AOC comes out and says they're migrants. No, you can argue they're economic migrants entering illegally. Fine, let's get semantic but they are not refugees. They're not asylum seekers. Some of them may claim asylum, but you don't go from Haiti to Mexico to the U.S. when you need asylum. You go to a U.S. port of entry and you file a claim. And I believe we should help those people. Now, for, for Haiti in particular, they had a big earthquake. I definitely think we should help them. Interestingly, Alex Jones, he's talking to me yesterday, said they are refugees. The third world is being destroyed by the, the global elites. You know what? Well, he's not wrong. I still wouldn't call them refugees. But Jones pointed out there was a U.N. report, a U.N. statement that the lockdowns, I'm sorry, I think it was a doctor with the U.N. The lockdowns would result in like 250 million people starving. And I think they're correct. I mean, far be it for me to question the experts, right? But what happens then is all of these people who live in these places where there's limited food become desperate and they'll do anything to get it. So I'll tell you this. Do I blame the individual Haitian for coming into Mexico and then trying to cross the border? No. I mean, who doesn't want to be in the United States? Do I blame Border Patrol for not being, being able to handle the situation? Uh, no, I mean, we see them on horseback trying to stop these people. Do I blame Joe Biden for basically breaking the policies that Trump put in place that were protecting our southern border and not doing enough to actually fix the problem? If you can argue he's doing anything at all, it's, it's Biden's fault. It's Biden and his administration. 
Kamala Harris didn't even come down to the border and the border crisis has been ongoing their entire presidency. They don't care. People are literally dying. They don't care. Quote, what I asked our horse patrol units to do yesterday is to do an assessment and find out if we have any individuals in distress and to be able to provide information and intelligence as to what the smuggling organizations were doing in and around the river. As was witnessed in the videos and some of the pictures, the migrants were going back and forth. We do not know who are the smugglers or who are the migrants. So it's important that those Border Patrol agents maintain a level of security for both themselves and for their migrant population as they were trafficking back and forth. Ortiz also noted the agency would look into alleged misconduct, but added agents are careful not to hurt migrants. A Border Patrol agent told Fox News the alleged whips were actually just horse reins. We do not carry whips. And the only thing I see in their hands is reins. There is no way a horse patrol unit would be whipping aliens. Whips are not issued or authorized for use. I will say one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I was in Anaheim and there was a protest. You get close to, what is it, Disney World? I don't know which one's over there. The Disney place. And the police ain't going to let you get too close. The police on horseback had boken. Do you know what a boken is? It is a like wooden katana. And I just thought that was kind of funny. I'm like, all right, you know, if it's effective, but it's just funny to see a cop riding a horse holding a boken. I just think that's weird. As for the whips, they didn't, I didn't think they were whips initially. You know, I, I heard the reporting. I didn't, I didn't do a have, like, I didn't do a full on report, like breaking news, everyone, they're using whips. But I did passively mention when we were on the Tim RL show, I was like, I guess they're whipping people or something. And I think it was Phil who said they're using lassos. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Didn't know enough about it to report on it or make a public statement. But I did notice when I was reading it, I was like, maybe they're lassoing them, but this doesn't look like a lasso. I didn't know how they use the reins. Apparently, when they're riding, they'll spin the reins like this. You know, they'll, where am I at? Where's my hand? There you go. They'll, they'll, they'll roll it like that. And so it's spinning around. And they do that to keep people, I could be wrong about this, from getting too close to the horse, not to whack someone with it, which I don't understand why they'd be doing anyway. They're going to mention National Border Patrol Council President Brandon Judd told the town hall that agents are trained to spin their reins to deter people from getting close to migrants. Well, we'll look at, there you go. You'll notice none of the pictures show any person being struck by the reins. But of course, that's not going to be the story. We do not strike people, nor was anybody struck in this particular case. So what do we have? CNN. White House says it's seeking more information on horrific footage of Border Patrol agents confronting Haitian immigrants. You see, they're very careful in their headline. We have Joy Reid pushing the Border Patrol whip narrative. We've got this from YouTube. Border Patrol agent seen holding whip during encounter with Haitian migrants. I perhaps he's holding a switch. I don't see someone holding a whip. Here's a rein he's holding on the horse. Here's one guy holding what looks to be a switch, not a whip. I don't see a whip. Sorry. Maybe, I guess, whatever. We got this one from New York Mag. Uh, Border Patrol agents use whip to chase down Haitian migrants. He's literally holding the reins of the horse. Isn't that amazing that they call it a whip, not a whip? And then you get the Federalist. Democrats spread Border Patrol whip lie while failing to address growing border crisis. Please show this image, okay? Screenshot or post something like this, where all of the news guard certified sources push the lie indirectly. White House condemns use of whip-like cord. White House condemns horrifying images as if to imply that it actually happened. I'll tell you this. I hereby condemn, you know, uh, uh, Jen Psaki. Beating children is wrong. You see how the game is played? 
I hereby condemn Jen Psaki. Beating children is wrong. Two completely different statements that create an impression. So when they say White House condemns border guard use of whip like cord or Saki asked about image of Border Patrol agent or mercilessly, you know, or, or what is it? What did they say? I don't know if they said mercilessly. Border Patrol agent uses whip to chase down Haitian migrants. That's a direct statement. But when Jen Saki says, I condemn the use of uh, whip like cords uh, or, or the whips, and the media can say they condemn the use of whips. It makes it sound like the whips were actually used. So here's how the game is played. You could say something like Jen Psaki uh, is accused of beating children. And then I could say, I hereby condemn the White House's ignoring of the Jen Jen Psaki beating children. I never said she beat children. All right. Or I, I, I should put it this way. You can then say Tim Pool denounces Jen Psaki for beating children, implying she did. You get the point. You get the point. This is the image. This is this. This is how the media works. The one outlet on Google that's telling the truth is the one called fake news. And that's why people believe in the cult. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.